Hello, welcome back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. I want to be able to apply that filter from TikTok that's the like shaky voice to oh, like, the, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the best filter ever. And this week we are once again joined by our friend Taylor. Hi. She's back. She heard we were talking about Natalie Wood and she stole the Zoom link. I'm kidding. I emailed it to her. <laughs> she hacked her way in. She hacked it. Can you imagine if like Taylor had hacked your email account and when you got the email link, Jane, she like popped in? It's the ghost of Natalie. She just wants to be <gasps> Oh my God. That's so creepy. Oh, I have a friend named Natalie. I should have told her to come on and then she could have just been in the background. Like we don't tell, we don't say that it's not that Natalie. She just like says something Every like, oh, that's then. Natalie. <laughs> Every now and then she says in a really quiet voice, it's me, Natalie. So we've got some exciting stuff stacked up for you. Jane, how are you? We missed you last week. I'm okay. I'm doing good now. It was a rough week. Um, yeah. In addition to taking a very time-consuming, demanding course, um, my grandfather passed away. So I was with my family in Booth Bay Harbor, sort of helping out. But uh, everything's all right. You know, it's part of life. Uh, it's not my first rodeo in terms of grandparent death. As Sarah knows, she's been there with me for a couple of them. Um, and Taylor as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, things are okay. I'm doing okay. Um, how are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. I'm moving in four days. Uh, I'm moving in with a former podcast guest, Andy, if you listen to the Neanderthals episode. So that's a fun twist. Um, <laughs> he might be on here again. Who knows? Taylor knows uh, Andy. And yeah, Taylor knows Andy. Like director. Yeah, we all work together. So, you know, it's a small, tight-knit community that we have here. And that's exciting. So um, the apartment's a mess. Like, there are like in the same room one corner is going to my mom's house one corner is donations and one corner is for the moving truck but our apartment's not big enough for that kind of delegation so i need to start moving things into jane's old room and kelsey's old room but they're heavy so i don't <laughs> but i think it's gonna be good i'm excited to move you know and then it's my birthday i'm excited for you yes it is I'm so excited. Typical Leo. She brought it up herself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, I am a Leo. I'm the last day of Leo. So, you know, we always go out with a bang on my birthday. So <laughs> not this year. This year we're doing nothing because, I mean, we're having a party, but it's a yeah. shared party. All right. So we have a lot to cover. So should we get started? Should we just dive on in? Should we just dive on in? Do you even remember what you asked me? It's been two weeks and you tend to... Stem cells? Yes, because yes, I had to okay. say it last week on the podcast that it was coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you asked me about stem cell research, which is a rather controversial topic. Um, <laughs> ooh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to imitate Ham, Hannah Gadsby. Doesn't she say yeah. that? It's a controversial. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She does. Uh, I love what is a stem cell? Let's start with basics. Um, a stem cell is a special type of cell, which if we all remember, you know, sixth grade cells are the building blocks of life. Um, the are. mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> it's like what every living thing is made up of. It's the yeah. atoms of people. Um, <laughs> please, scientists don't come for me. What did you say that the atoms are the atoms of people? <laughs> no, because... No, we're made up of atoms. We have atoms. I feel like our atoms are cells. Atoms are building are the building blocks of matter. So and we are matter. <laughs> right? None yes. of us studied science. Oh wait, 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 no, I think cells maybe are made of atoms. Like yeah, chemicals. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. Oh my God. Wait, I have a question. Do we think that questions already? Okay, yes. <laughs> Atoms are named after Adam, like from the Bible? I don't think so, because it's spelled different. It is, but I know it's like atomic, but I think- <laughs> Plus, the word atomic probably doesn't have the, uh, like, European English, like, an English translation. Like, that would have come from a Latin word, if that makes sense. So it is possible, is what I'm mm -hmm. saying. I think it's a good conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy. You're right. Okay, well, what we need about to keep going? We haven't gotten past Adams yet. 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. So most cells can only reproduce to form cells of the same kind, you know, cellular reproduction. Um, under the right conditions in the body or the lab, stem cells divide into daughter cells, and these daughter cells can either become stem cells or become an entirely different cell type with a specialized function, such as a blood cell, a brain cell, a heart muscle cell, or a bone cell. No other cell in the body has the natural ability to generate new cell types. So basically, a stem cell is a type of cell that makes other types of cells. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the hardest thing you're going to have to learn. Okay, I get yeah. it. Stem cells provide new cells for the body as it grows and replace specialized cells as they are damaged or lost. There are three main types of stem cells. Uh, the first type is adult stem cells, and that's kind of, I keep going to say stem cells. Anyway, adult stem cells, which supply new cells um, as an organism grows and replaces cells that get damaged. And they are referred to as multipotent, which means that they can change into multiple types of cells, but it has a limited number of cell types that it can turn into. For example, blood stem cells can only create the types of cells that are supposed to be found in blood. And skin stem cells can only create the types of cells that make up our skin and our hair. Yeah. The second you type of the skin is the largest organ in the body. Freaks me I, out. Let's continue. I did know that. I did know that. The second type of stem cell is called induced pluripotent stem cells. Um, they are stem cells that have been created in a laboratory. They are made by taking normal adult cells like skin or blood cells and reprogramming them to become stem cells. Now the last type, which really like most things list as first, but I wanted to save the suspense, um, is embryonic stem cells. Uh -huh. Now these are cells that create new cells for an embryo as it grows and develops into a baby. Okay. I like the wording of how that was used because it doesn't equate embryo with baby. Embryo does okay. not equal baby, you know? Yeah. Um, these cells are also pluripotent, which means that they can change into any type of cell in the body, which makes sense because they have to build a human body. So scientists use stem cells for two main things. The first one is research. By observing how stem cells reproduce and grow, scientists can study and better understand the basic biology of how living things work. And the biggest reason to do this is to study how disease is developed in cells and what diseases do to cells. So it's mostly to, you know, learn about diseases so we can try and cure them. And it is also used for therapy, which, um, not like therapy, like you talk, about your, talk feelings, about your yeah. feelings, but like creating things to replace lost or damaged cells that our bodies can't replace naturally. So it's like medical therapy. Um, yeah. A little history of stem cell research. Uh, in 1981, scientist Martin Evans of Cardiff University in the UK identified embryonic stem cells in mice. And this is the first time that someone like pointed at embryonic stem cells and said what they were and how, how they mm -hmm. can maybe be used. In 1997, Dolly the sheep was cloned yeah. using, um, using embryonic stem cells, essentially. Um, the process involved taking a sheep egg and fusing it with an udder cell from, I think, the same sheep, and then implanting the resulting hybrid into a surrogate mother sheep, creating the clone, quote-unquote, Dolly the sheep. Um, after back this to the Dolly Parton episode. She was named <laughs> after Dolly Parton. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, after the Dolly Parton clone, um, not really, was successful, uh, scientists started to speculate that if you, look, if you took human embryonic stem cells and fused them with adult cells from a particular person, you could potentially grow tissue or organs or down the line clones um, that would have the exact same genetic match and could be used for transplants, essentially. Mm -hmm. In 1998, James Thompson of the University of Wisconsin and John Gerhardt of Johns Hopkins, respectively, began isolating human embryonic stem cells and growing them in a lab. It, it sounds very Frankenstein-y, but it's, like, it's all for medical purposes. I don't know. It's, I think it sounds scarier than it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
cloning exists. Some lab but... out there has my DNA and they know that my family's from Poland. So nothing bothers me anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> in well it's... past it. So I, I don't know how much controversy or how much like opinion was split about stem cells before. Cause I don't think public knowledge of it was that large, but in 2001, um, U.S. President George W. Bush announced a policy that restricted federal funding to already existing stem cell lines. The purpose of the restrictions was to make it so that no taxpayer funds would encourage or support the destruction of embryos. Because... Oh, Jesus. Okay. The now main... I understand the controversy. All right. I get yes. it now. It all kind of, just clicked. It's kind of a pro-life thing. Because basically the process of obtaining stem, embryonic stem cells in the lab is a you have to have an embryo create like created in a petri dish like it's little it's a blastoma it's it cells yeah. um and then to the process of extracting the stem cells destroys the embryo in 2005 a south korean scientist named uh, i hope i pronounced this right wu suk huang of seoul national university reported that his team had used therapeutic cloning a la dolly the sheep to create embryonic stem cells genetically matched to specific people. Later that year, it was revealed that his reports were false, but there were like a couple months where people were like, cloning has been invented. Interesting. And then in 2006, Japanese scientist Shinya Yamanaka discovered the method which I, in which IPS cells are made, and those are the um, ones that are made in the lab, the induced pluripotent stem cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he invented those. He later went on to win a Nobel Prize, as did Martin Evans, who was the first guy to do it with the mice. Okay. Taylor loves that there are mice involved. Yeah. The thing about... Um, the I can't the, hear you. Oh, she's muted. Taylor's muted. The thing about IPS cells that's um, really important is that you can create cells from it that are very similar to embryonic stem cells, but you don't need to destroy an embryo to do it. So okay. when people are talking about stem cell research, it's not, it's not all embryonic um, stem cells. So it, it like totally shutting down um, stem cell research is like, it's, it is harmful because it's not just shutting down embryonic stem cell research. It's cutting down, IPS cell research as well, which is totally not harmful to any embryos, even if you believe that embryos are babies, whatever. In 2006, President Bush vetoed a bill that would have funded new embryonic stem cell research, saying that he did not want to support, quote, the taking of innocent human life. It's not a life. Oh my God. Are these even fertilized embryos? Technically, yes, but they're six to eight days old. Like, in, er, not old, but into development. They don't have any, yeah. They're cells. They're not even referred to as a fetus yet. They're called blastomas. They're, so, they're just, yeah. they don't have any res resemblance to humans yet. In 2009, President Obama lifted the 2001 Bush restrictions. So Obama had us covered. I don't know if Trump has the mental awareness to even go near that issue. I think he's, yeah. so I, I don't know if he's done anything about that, but. Obama tried to get rid of it. He did. He got rid of the 2001 restrictions. In 2010, um, a person with a spinal injury became the first um, person to receive medical treatment derived from human embryonic stem cells as part of a medical trial. Oh. And then in 2012, human embryonic stem cells showed medical promise as a treatment that could ease blindness. In 2013, a scientist in Oregon named Sukrat Mitalipov produced human embryonic stem cells from fetal cells. So right. here's a list of things that stem cell research and therapy can be used for that is good and helpful and could really help our society. Better understanding of how our bodies grow and develop. Ways to use human cells to replace cells or tissues in our bodies that have been damaged or lost. Study of what disease does to cells. Better understanding of cell reproduction, which we could use to someday replicate to create our own new cells, tissues, and organs so that we could get away from the whole embryonic stem cell um, world. Yeah. Um, we could use stem cells to grow tissues or organ structures and study how they are affected by drugs. Uh, so we could, like, you wouldn't have to use humans to test drugs on. 
they, uh, there are some conditions that are already treated with um, adult stem cells. Um, blood stem cells are used to provide a source of healthy blood cells for people with blood conditions and cancer patients who have lost their own blood stem cells during treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, skin stem cells can be used to generate new skin for people with severe burns. So yeah, it's already gross. helping people. It's mm-hmm. literally just the fact that this whole embryonic process is involved, that the whole area of research is um, undermined by some and considered and is like, you know what I'm yeah. That people are getting in the way of it. This is the, the main thing. And we can have a discussion about this, but in order for, this is why it's considered controversial. And you already gathered it. We discussed it a little bit. In order to have embryonic stem cells in a lab, you must have a, an embryo and the process of removing the stem cells from the embryo destroys it. Some people believe that the embryo is a baby that is being killed. I personally do not believe that it is a baby yet. I feel um, like that's the same thing as if you take... Um, what's it called? Plan B. Isn't that the same thing? I mean, plan B is like 36 hours and this is what? Three days more than that? It's typically in the, in the six to eight day window of its like development life. Yeah, plan B so, is what yeah. you're supposed to take to yeah. prevent pregnancy three day, up to three days after unprotected sex. I well, I always forget exactly how, that just keeps it from implanting the fertilized well, egg. Uh, or, I think so, yeah. Because that's literally what it is. We ha- it is an unimplanted fertilized egg. So it's not growing in a mother. It's literally just in a Petri dish. I, I, I don't... Un- the thing is, I don't understand what they think. Do they want people to stop creating these embryos? Or do they want these embryos to be put into surrogate mothers and adopted? Like, I'm sure they want them to stop being created. Because okay. there's no way... There's no control group that they could say, go find a person, extract the fertilized embryo within six days. That's not possible. They have the egg and they fertilize it in a Petri dish. Yeah. So they want that exactly. to stop. Yeah. But again, it is a blastocyst, which is a cluster of 180 to 200 cells growing in a Petri dish. It is barely visible to the naked eye and it does not have any human characteristics yet. So it's not a baby. It doesn't have any feelings. It doesn't sense anything. It doesn't have, it's not a brain yet. Yeah. It doesn't have a brain. So that is, that's why it's controversial, which was your main question. Um, But I personally think it's a um, good area of study. It's going to lead to a lot of um, important medical um, developments, which especially right now where we're dealing with a pandemic, why yeah. would you want to not have something that helps fight disease, that helps us learn more about disease? Well, I don't think I can know. I can, I think I can no longer question why people want the things they do because if there's anything this pandemic has taught me is that people are really shitty in what they want. So they're very <laughs> selfish and that's it, you know? Yeah. You can't think about why wouldn't you want that? Well, apparently they just don't care, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's everything on stem cells. Great. It was an interesting little romp into the biological world. You know, if, when I first was reading articles, I was like, I don't know what any of this means. I literally like almost, I came close to Googling, like someone explained stem cells to me, but use like baby words, like pretend I'm five. Um, <laughs> there's, that's literally a Reddit page. Pretend that I'm four or pretend I'm five. <laughs> Explain that's like I'm five. Thing. Explain like I'm five. Yeah. Okay. So I'm also on the middle segment today, and today happens to be the last episode we will record before Sarah's birthday. Yay, as I already brought up. <laughs> yes, as she did. But I am, it might seem like a little bit of a copycat move, but for my birthday surprise, Sarah ha- quizzed me about One Direction lyrics. Yeah. So I'm going the to The stupidest pull- ones. <laughs> Well, I think this is a little bit of a compliment to the person I'm going to quiz you about because I don't really think this person has any stupid lyrics. Um, but I'm going to quiz you about Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> this is funny because I literally won Taylor Swift trivia last night. Or you did too. You were there. You were there. Honestly, and Taylor I, played and did a good job. I, I, kept, I mean, I was kind of tipsy um, because I was drinking rosé that I had saved for myself for my birthday and then never got to drinking. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink all of this tonight. And it... Uh, you didn't the, have to drink all of it. I really didn't, but I, I, well, I drank, two, I drank two glasses and then I was like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. I kind of, I want to like at least a little bit of a buzz. So I just kept drinking and then it was like too late. And I was like, 
God. But there are literally moments where I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't remember them announcing that our team won. And then you were like, we won. And I was like, we did. You didn't remember them announcing our place after, like, after round one, too, when we were in first place. I kept and missing it. Her brain, your brain was them? like, oh. No, she, she read, read them how they always read them. From last to first? Yes. Jane was I like, was, I can't believe we're in third. I was like, Jane, we're winning. <laughs> I swear. I, I don't know. I don't know. The people I was playing with were like Twitter Swifties that my friend Sam is friends with from the internet. It was so fun. We were recounting all of our old days as online Taylor Swift fans. That's really cute. I felt a lot of nostalgia. Philippa and I were hardcore, but we're also really competitive, so... Yeah, I, I didn't study. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I, I was just there to really watch, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm ready for my, my copycat quiz. Okay. Which Taylor Swift song says, it's going to start easy, it's going to get harder? Well, okay. at least for me right. it did because I took it. I got a 60 on it. The first ones I did really well on, and then I didn't know ones at the end. And that's because I don't think this includes folklore, and mm. that's really what I got right now. And yeah. um, <laughs> There were just okay. a lot from the albums that I've not listened to. But, okay. okay. Great. Which song says, <laughs> you'll be the prince and I'll be the princess? Love story. Correct. Uh, I need to refresh this because it still has my answer. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I went to put it. Okay. 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 Wow. You didn't even make this quiz. I made your quiz. I know. I'm sorry. I gave it away. Second question. Um, which song has the line, and you're going to be here for the next four years? Um, I think it's 15. Yeah. It's yes, 15. it is. Yeah, that's 15. Yes, it is. I remember because I was 13 when I started high school. Or no, I had just turned 14. So I was like, the song isn't about me. <laughs> okay. I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like. You're, you belong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying so hard not to put like inflections on them. These I knew easy. that I, Yeah. I knew that I went psycho on the phone. Um, me. Yep. Yeah. That was, I... That jumped from, like, early... I, I know. I thought this was going to go in chronological order, so I was like, oh. It most... It, it, it doesn't really. Um, which That's song opens with, you got that James Dean daydream style. in your eye? Mm-hmm. Style. Um, I go that on song doesn't dates, op- That doesn't open the song. That's um, what it shake says. It off. lied to me. No, that's not how that song opens. That song opens with um, Midnight. That's the first one. Wow. Um, I can't believe you got that. You beat the quiz. <laughs> it was a trick question. None of them This is why you have to make the quiz, Jane. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, did you hear what I said? That's Shake It Off. Yes. Yeah. Someday I'll be living in a big old city. Mean. And all yours. September saw a month of tears. Um, oh, and thanking God that you weren't here to see me like that, but in a box beneath my bed is a letter that you never read three summers back. It's hard not to find it all so bittersweet. Looking <laughs> back at all that, it's hard. Tim McGraw! <laughs> I was like, what song is that? You made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter. Oh, I love that song, mine. You're a redneck heartbreak. Oh, Picture to Burn, who's really mm-hmm. bad at lying. Mm-hmm. The song that I used to listen to as a kid and be like, wow, I'm such a badass. <laughs> um, now I'm lying on the cold, hard ground. Oh, tr- I knew you were in trouble. <laughs> Loving him is like driving a new Maserati down a red. dead end street. Yep, it's red. <laughs> I was riding shotgun. If you, said the my- word, <laughs> if you said the word Maserati, I would know it immediately that's our song yeah it is. <laughs> didn't even get up either. i just had to get to shotgun and knew it yeah um combat i'm ready for combat uh the archer mm-hmm. you're so cool it makes me hate you so much Ooh. um it just has to be reputation which i don't know as well um you're so cool it makes me hate you so much that sounds so familiar do you want this- options yeah, yeah. Beautiful eyes, endgame, gorgeous, and ready for it. Endgame? Nope. Ready for it? Nope. Uh, I don't know it then. What was gorgeous. The gorgeous. Ah, uh, yeah. I knew it was Reputation. That's the, that's the album I know the least. 
And apparently the song opens with, you know, a kid speaking. You've probably mm-hmm. heard it. I have not. Yeah. Um, they go, and gorgeous. The, the, <laughs> the child that's saying that is James, the daughter of Ryan uh, Reynolds Ryan and, Blake and Blake Lively. Lively. Yeah. They're but like then, best friends. The name James just popping up. Well, she said in an interview that she named James in folklore after that James. Oh. Or she didn't say that, but she said those names are named after my friend's kids. And it is known that they are friends. And their other daughter is Inez. (gasps) What? Who's Betty? They think there's a conspiracy theory that that, that's um, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's third child's name because they haven't stated (gasps) what their name is. But that's a conspiracy theory. (sighs) I love a T-Swift conspiracy theory. Oh, my other favorite conspiracy theory is that on Folklore, during the song Peace, I think it's Peace, yeah, um, there's that lyric, but there's um, dragons to the east, clowns to the west. Well, she released uh, official robbers lyrics. Robbers to the robbers east. Robbers to the east, sorry, robbers to the east. Um, <laughs> clowns to the west. I'm thinking of Long Live. Um, but anyway, she released lyric videos for each of her songs. And mm-hmm. in the lyric video, East is not capitalized, but West is. So people <gasps> think that that's a Kanye West reference. The first time, I, again, the first time I listened to it, I didn't know it was based on fictional stories that she wrote or like that she thought up. But I, so I thought it was about her life. And there were a bunch of things that I was like, what? Like Betty, I was like, is Taylor Swift bisexual? She didn't tell anyone. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I heard Mad Woman, um, I thought that was about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian because oh, the line that's yeah. like, um, it's obvious wishing me dead has really brought you two together. Mm-hmm. And it's like about a married couple. I was like, but <gasps> <laughs> it definitely inspired it for sure. Mm hmm. Okay, the next lyric. I've never heard silence quite this loud. Story of us. Mm-hmm. Tell you I missed you, but I don't know how. Such so good, so good. This is our place. We make the rules. Lover, I love that song. I don't know how to be something you missed. Oh, last kiss. Oh my God, you're gonna make me cry. What a good song. You'll uh, be mine, and I'll be yours. Oh, see, this could be so many things. And so I know I'm that tra- is kind of a I'm song. trying to hear the melody. I can't help you. I don't know it. You'll be mine and I'll be yours. Oh my God, what is it? I know that I know it. Do you want options? Yeah. Everything has changed. You're not sorry. Everything has changed. You'll be yeah. mine and I'll be yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. <sighs> you look like my next mistake. I loves the game. What a play that's blank space. Uh, amazing. What about dive bar on the east side? Where you where at? you at? Delicate. Yep. Freaked out because the song came on in a bar <laughs> once. <laughs> I'm really gonna miss you picking fights. Ooh, um, I'm really gonna miss you picking fights. It's it's like picking fights and is the next lyric. This is why we can't have nice things. Mm, is that a song title or the next lyric? yes <laughs> that's the no <laughs> <laughs> can i have the options yeah mean tell me why we are never ever getting back together or safe and sound oh i think that's we're never ever getting back together mm-hmm. yeah yes it is i never trust a narcissist this has got to be another reputation one i never trust a narcissist um i'm gonna say that that's taylor knows it I never trust a narcissist. I don't know this one. Well, I have to wait for Jane to come back. So. I can tell you. I hate that sound. cheating. Okay. Message it to me. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. Um, I did. It's I did something. Ah. Bad. Oh my god! I can't. I'm, Jane. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I never trust a narcissist. That's I did something bad. Yes, it is. Thank you, Taylor. Oh my Ripped God. up my prom dress. Can I get options? Yeah. 15, eyes open, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, and 22. Um, it's not, it's not 15. So it is, is it Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince? Yep. Try to remember where that is in that song. Sarah, that was a question last night. 
ripped up my prom. No, it wasn't. The Miss Americana one was um, American stories burning before me. And then it was like, finish the... Something about the prom dress. You shouldn't be begging for forgiveness at my feet. Oh, um, um, baby, you might still have me. Should it be, uh, you should have said no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A bop. I don't like that song. Unco- really? Controversial opinion. No, not my favorite. Oh, I like that song. Um, one second, it was perfect. Now you're halfway out the door. Um, cause it's like, now you have an eye stare at the phone. She's like, I see you call when you feel so low, you feel nothing at all. Forever and always. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, new to town with a made-up name in the Angel City. Welcome to New York. Nope. Wait, no, that's not Welcome to New York. I'm such a liar. Um, uh, that's the lucky one. Yeah. Who am I? The shape of your body, it's blue. Which doesn't make sense, but okay. This is another one I don't know, which means it has to be Reputation. Or it's 1989. Oh, Taylor knows it. Taylor, go. It's Cruel Summer. Yeah, Oh, that is is Cruel Summer. (laughs) my favorite song <laughs> that's a really good song where is that in the first verse that she no, says that chorus. it's new the shape of, of your body it's blue yeah yeah yeah. i forget that that's what the lyrics are because like the way you say it doesn't match up with that melody in my uh-huh, head uh-huh, uh-huh. and i've never sat there thinking actively that that's what the lyrics are to that song <laughs> maybe she's talking about my cat the shape of your body and then blue walks into it's blue <laughs> How's life? Tell me, how's your family? Back to December. Yep. I haven't seen him in a while. I brought a knife to a gunfight. Oh, 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 oh. God damn it. I know that I know this one. I brought a knife to a gunfight. This is reputation. And I think this is, this isn't getaway car. Okay. Um, um don't blame me nope so it goes nope i'm just gonna start naming uh, reputation songs ready for it nope king of my heart no it's not king of my heart no dancing with her hands tied no <laughs> damn it what are the choices end game dancing with her hands tied call it what you want and dear john i think it's call it what you want it is yeah. You always knew how to push my buttons. You always knew how to push my buttons. This is, um, it's not, is it death by a thousand cuts? No, 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 no. It's, um, I wish you would. It's, I wish you would. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm spilling wine in the bathtub. You kiss my face and we're both drunk. This is dancing with our hands tied. No. Spilling wine in the bathtub. And I think it's king of my heart. No. King of my heart, body and soul, oh, oh. Can I get options? Yep. Getaway car, false god, everything has changed, dress. Oh, is it false god? Nope. That's what I guessed. Dress? Yep. I've been picking up the pieces of the mess you made. Picking up the pieces of the mess you made. This could be so many songs. (laughs) Can I get the choices? All you had to do was stay. Better than revenge. Sad, beautiful, tragic. Speak now. Um, all you had to do was stay. Yeah. Yeah. This one is the one that makes me cry. Don't know if Snow White's house is near or far away. The best day. Yeah. Yeah. The mall that she goes to in the best day is the King of Prussia Mall. Fun fact. I know. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I'm like, I also go to that mall with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking pictures in my mind. Um, save it for the rain. Save it for a rainy day. Um, is that that's that's from Taylor Swift? So I can save it for a rainy day. Um, is, is that that's not stay beautiful? It is stay. Beautiful. It is stay beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. Th- I was trying to think if it was stay beautiful, stay beautiful. or um, guys tied together I with. I once had a crush on a guy named Corey, and I really like that song. Yeah. <laughs> hear you. Hear you. And that's the end. <laughs> okay, so I have one hour until we have to start another trivia, which is just en- enough time to talk about Natalie Wood. This is Taylor's moment. 
I'm um, Natalie Wood expert. Was I planning on this? No. No. Okay. So I'm going to um, talk about that. Uh, trigger warnings for abuse, sexual assault, um, death. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all of them. Um, yeah. A lot of this info comes from Fatal Voyage, which Taylor recommended to me. Um, it's a podcast, and they their first season was on Natalie Wood. They have done subsequent seasons on uh, Princess Diana, which I also have covered, which is fun. And excuse me, the death of JFK Jr., so that's nice. Um, and it was really good, and I highly recommend it. I listened to the whole thing today. It's like six hours in total. Um, so it's a relatively quick listen, but well worth your time. So here we go. Taylor, if you need to jump in at any point, you just like hit me up. Okay. You got it. All right. So on November 27th, 1981, Natalie Wood, her husband, Robert Wagner, actor Christopher Walken and boat captain Dennis Davern boarded Wood and Wagner's yacht, The Splendor, and sailed to Catalina Island for Thanksgiving weekend. By all accounts, it was a poor weekend to go sailing. Many warned the group against going, including Wood's sister, Lana, and her daughter, Natasha. Even the captain, Dennis Davern, had reservations because it was going to be very cold and the waters would be rough. But Wood and Wagner were sat on it, so the four were set on it, so the four set sail. On that first night, November 27th, Natalie and her husband, Robert, got into an argument. Robert Wagner was known to be a jealous man and accused Natalie Wood of having an affair with Christopher Walken. And clearly upset by this, Natalie asked the captain, Dennis, to take her to shore in the boat's dinghy. And they sailed to the island and went to a motel. They paid for two separate rooms, but Davern says he spent the whole night in Natalie's room acting as a bodyguard and confidant to her. The next day, they returned to the Splendor. The four of them then went ashore and spent most of the day drinking at a local bar and by the time they returned to the yacht, they were drunk but continued to drink. In the original account given by Wagner, Walken, and Davern, they say that Natalie left them around 10 o'clock, and around 11 p.m., they realized she was missing and began to look for her. And at this point, they noticed that the boat's dinghy was also gone. At 1.30 a.m., a ship-to-shore call was made an inquiry of Natalie's whereabouts, but it wasn't until 3.30 a.m., four hours after they first noticed that Natalie was gone, that the Coast Guard was finally called. Natalie Wood's body was discovered about a mile away from the Splendor at 8 a.m. on the morning of November 29, 1981. With suspicious immediacy, her death was ruled an accidental drowning, but that is only the beginning of the mystery. Natalie Wood was a renowned film actress. She started a life on screen as a very young child, and her film career was the sole object of her mother's affections. Natalie was treated like a piece of valuable property by her mother, continuously sold to various filmmakers. It is a well-known fact that she was raped by a powerful actor at the age of eight, at the age of 16 under the neglect of her mother, and it marred her for the rest of her life. Her mother made every decision for her until the age of 18, when for the first time, Natalie Wood married Robert Wagner. Their, their first marriage was very difficult. Wagner clearly saw their marriage as a way to further his film career. He was exceedingly jealous, particularly in this marriage of Warren Beatty, Natalie's co-star at the time. According to Lana Wood, Natalie's sister, who I'm going to refer to a lot in this story, Natalie caught Robert with another man and broke off the marriage. They had been married for three and a half years and at the time were considered Hollywood's golden couple. Wood then dated many notable men, including Warren Beatty and even Michael Caine, but eventually married Richard Gregson. She gave birth to their daughter Natasha one year later and filed for divorce the year after that. Only nine months after her divorce from Gregson, Wood announced suddenly to her family that she would remarry Robert Wagner in 1972. They had a daughter, Courtney, two years later. Nine years af after their marriage, at the age of 43, Natalie suspiciously died. Her death shocked the world. The celebrities at her funeral included Frank Sinatra, Elizabeth Taylor, Fred Astaire, Rock Hudson, Gregory Peck, Gene Kelly, and Laurence Olivier, who flew in from London specifically for the funeral. The media really sensationalized her death. Um, Natalie Wood was a huge star um, with a very successful film career. She's noted for movies like Rebel Without a Cause, Miracle on 34th Street, and West Side Story but she also was nominated and I believe won Academy Awards in her life um, and was definitely a really 
big deal. Despite this pressure, which normally propels a police department to get as many answers as possible in the, into the death of a celebrity, Natalie Wood's death was wrapped up unceremoniously fast. Coroner Thomas Noguchi ruled the cause of death as accidental drowning and hypothermia almost immediately. He crafted a story that Wood was drunk and she That's slipped quick. while trying to board the dinghy, hitting her head and subsequently drowning. It took only about six hours for him to come up with this report, um, I'm pretty sure, which is like unheard of. How do you do an autopsy that fast? So it was suspicious from the start. Um, but the facts of this case do not line up with this story that Noguchi told. Um, the facts actually point to something much more sinister. Although this was originally brushed over in the police report, the autopsy shows that Natalie had been covered in fresh bruises consistent with a physical altercation, but inconsistent with the kind caused by water impact. Now, Noguchi tried to say that the bruises were created by her falling overboard and hitting her arms and legs along amongst the ladders and the dinghy, but they were much more severe. There were scratch marks, something that wouldn't be created by hitting the water. Still, at the time of her death, her boatmate's statements all matched up with what the coroner was saying, and the case was closed. It was chalked up to a, just a terrible Hollywood tragedy. And that is until 2011, when Captain Dennis Davern made a public statement that he had lied to the police during the initial investigation into Natalie's death. In a new statement, which has been tested by several polygraphs and passed every time, he says that Wood and Wagner got into an argument that night. Wagner had even picked up a full bottle of wine and smashed it to the floor in a jealous rage. He accused Wood and Walken of having an affair, and when the group noticed Natalie Wood was missing, Wagner told Davern not to turn on the searchlights or notify the authorities, which would account for why it took so long for them to call the Coast Guard. The new statements from Davern were enough to reopen the case in 2011. In 2012, the new LA County coroner changed Wood's cause of death to drowning and undetermined factors. And since 2011, Davern has held on to his belief that Robert Wagner murdered Natalie Wood. There are too many mysterious factors that do not add up to an accidental death. For one, Natalie Wood was terrified of the water and did not know how to swim. As a, as a girl, a fortune teller had told Natalie Wood's mother that one of her family would die of drowning. Her mother <gasps> used this against Natalie to keep her dependent on her. And Davin reports that on many boat trips why Natalie's family swam, because this was, he was like, not just the captain for this one time, like he captained their boat on every trip. Mm -hmm. um, she would sit on the bridge and chat with him while like her children went swimming. So she never got near the water. That's so, so why? Yeah. So why would she try to board a dinghy in the middle of the night alone when the night before she had asked Davern to take her? Now, her blood alcohol level was at 0.14, um, which does impair your judgment. The legal limit for reference is 0 0.08. So that's well over oh. the legal limit. However, um, BuzzFeed Unsolved has called, has covered this case and I'm a big fan of BuzzFeed Unsolved. And something that they bring up is that even you're the, at your most drunk, you would not do the thing that you are most terrified of. Like you could not get me drunk enough to go into an aquarium. You couldn't, you know, like that doesn't make you braver. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't wash away fear. And yes, drunkenness impairs judgment, but after a lifetime of being afraid of the water, I do not believe that a person could be drunk enough to say that I, that they no longer have that fear unless encouraged by somebody else, you know, yeah. that's what doesn't add up. Um, her sister Lana is also sure that her, that her sister would not go near the water by herself and without a life vest. When Natalie was found, she was wearing a red coat, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, socks and a nightgown, but no life vest. And so her sister says, at the very least, she would have ensured that she wouldn't go under. So it just doesn't make sense. Secondly, the coroner was not very thorough in his examination of Wood's body. This is Thomas Noguchi. Um, Noguchi did not look under her fingernails, um, which is important for two reasons, because it tells two different stories. If she was drowning and she had tried to climb into the dinghy, then there would have been rubber under her nails. So if it had been an accident and she had tried to save herself, there would be some sort of evidence under there to show what she was grappling onto in order to be rescued. 
But more importantly, if she had been attacked, there would have been skin cells under her nails from trying to grab or slash at the person attacking her. But the undersides of her fingernails were never examined. And this is a huge oversight. A detective on Fatal Voyage calls this examination 101. So why wasn't it done? Like that's just standard procedure regardless of the cause yeah. of death. That night, a nearby sailing family reports Even hearing- Even if a- it, there wasn't like a murder involved, you feel like you would check just to like put together her last few actions. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, That same night, a nearby sailing family reports hearing a woman screaming, somebody help me, and other calls of help around 11 p.m., the time when Natalie was reported to have disappeared off of the boat. Although some say that this was music or people from a nearby party in another boat, they reported hearing these calls for over 20 minutes. And perhaps most damning is the fact that the coroner's report states that Natalie's bladder was full when she was found. When you drown, your bladder empties. <gasps> this means that Natalie had to have been unconscious when she hit the water. <gasps> and this fact was ignored. Oh my God. That yeah, is the fact that is in that and most documentaries. And every time I tell somebody, they're like, oh, what? It's crazy. Huge oversight. That's huge. Everything. Huge oversight. The clearest suspect is her husband, Robert Wagner. In 2018, the LAPD named him a formal suspect in the case, but he is denied all involvement for all these years. In 2011, Walken actually made his first formal statement to the police, and he cooperated with them after years of refusing to speak about it. And we don't really know what he said, but we know that he cooperated and he is not considered a suspect. He has repeatedly stated that he believes she slipped and fell into the water. He said, quote, the people who are convinced that there was something more to it than what came out in the investigation will never be satisfied with the truth because the truth is there is nothing more to it. Robert Wagner acted very suspiciously following her death. He refused to identify her body after he heard that she had been found and he left the island and asked the captain Dennis Davern to what? Why? identify it. He said he didn't want to see her. So Davern was forced to identify Natalie. Oh, he said it would be like too hard to, to. Yeah. He literally just, he he literally just left. Like he didn't even wait to collect the body. He turned around and went back home. Um, Davern said that he lied on Wagner's behalf and his original statement to the police because he was afraid what Wagner would do if he told the truth, which makes sense. Like you are, you know, a white collar or a blue collar working class citizen like working for one of the most famous celebrities in Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. the pressure to accuse somebody of that without evidence, which he didn't have is huge. He only had circumstantial evidence. Um, mm-hmm. So he was afraid to say the truth. Um, Davern ended up having multiple cameos on Wagner's show heart to heart, which Davern says was an unspoken thank you for his silence from Wagner. The first person to see Robert Wagner following Natalie Wood's death, was his current wife, Jill St. John. And him and Jill St. John started dating only 10 weeks after Natalie Wood died, which Lana Wood, Natalie's sister, has always found suspicious. That's really soon. That's very soon. Wood also left all of her clothes and jewels to her sister, Lana. According to Lana, Wagner had actually asked for these items back. Like she had left a bunch of furs and he called her and said, no, I want those. Give them to me. And she acquiesced because she didn't feel like fighting. Um, And he also kicked out Natalie Wood's mother out of the home that Natalie Wood had specifically bought and left to her in the will. He pressured her into leaving. That's Mm -hmm. that's terrible. It's awful. I mean, Natalie Wood's mom was, like, a really bad person, but that's still, like, highly suspicious. From then on, Lana Wood, Natalie's sister, felt unwelcome in Wagner's life and, more importantly, the life of her nieces. Um, She said that, essentially, she was kept away from them. In one story in the podcast, she discusses Wagner's first birthday following Natalie's death, and she had assumed that it would would be something that her family would facilitate since Natalie was gone, um, and her whole family lived in Hollywood. And when she called the house 
of Robert Wagner to say like, oh, what do you want to do? Jill St. John answered and was like, we have a party planned. Um, and Lana managed to get invited, but as soon as she was there, it was clear that she was not welcome. And from that point forward, she never felt welcome again in Wagner's life. And this is someone who had been her brother-in-law twice over for over a decade at that point. So very sad and was also the father and stepfather of her nieces nieces yeah so jerk yeah the host of fatal voyage with the support of wood's family and friends believes that wood might have been preparing to divorce wagner and so he murdered her Wagner's life was dedicated to climbing the social pyramid. He was a drunk and Lana Wood recounts multiple instances of his clear jealousy over Natalie Wood's financial and social success. The podcast goes into the fact that in Hollywood, there is a hierarchy of the types of roles that you play and also screen versus TV. And he had a lot more TV roles and Natalie was a film star and therefore she had more power because mm-hmm. of that and that how that always bothered him the centerpiece of this night on the boat is robert wagner's smashing of that wine bottle wagner left this out of his original statement and only confirmed this in 2011 when davern put it in his statement and then he was like well i didn't think it was important Um, But clearly it was. Lana Wood believes that this action set Natalie's decision to divorce him. Natalie was known to be a no-nonsense kind of woman. The very first instance that she caught Wagner and then her second husband, Gregson, cheating on them. She divorced them. She never gave them a second chance. Um, So Lana believes that this would have been enough to set Natalie over the edge and decide, yes, I'm going to divorce you. Mm -hmm. Um, She thinks... Lana thinks that Wagner would have done anything to stay the it Hollywood couple and maintain his connection to stardom. Natalie Wood was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. And so just being near her, he thought gave him an edge. When Natalie was found, so that's the wine bottle seems important because Lana thinks that would have been a tipping point. But also, when Natalie was found, she was wearing a red jacket in the water. And in Dennis Stavern's report, he said that he saw Wood and Wagner arguing and Wood was wearing her nightgown. At this point, the fact that her bladder was full when she was found already tells us that she did not drown. And Davern knows this. So then the next thing that they have to prove is that she was murdered. The fact that she was seen very shortly before being seemingly going overboard or being put in the water in a jacket without her jacket tells Davern and Lana Wood that there was some premeditation or some sort of plan to cover up what was done to Natalie Wood. Um, Davern said that he let a few minutes pass in silence after he witnessed Wagner and Wood arguing before going below deck. And when he got below deck, Wagner was already there and he said, that's when he told Davern that Natalie was missing. Um, Davern believes that Wagner knocked Natalie out during that fight on board and then put the red jacket on her before throwing her into the water to make it look like she had slipped and fallen on her way back to the shore. Um, that's the key moment that Davern says either she was she died or she was incapacitated. Um, so the fact that Wagner put the coat on her shows mm. intention to cover it up. Yeah. Um, Wagner told the Coast Guard that the fact that the coat wasn't on the boat, he said that that was like an indicator like, oh, she's out partying with people on other boats like she always does. She he used that phrase like she always does. But Lana knows that that's not something that she did because she was afraid of the water. So she wouldn't hop from boat to boat willy nilly. You know, also, she wouldn't do it that late at night without somebody to go with her. She wouldn't do it alone. Even Walken, in his statements about her death, said, well, she was wearing a coat as a justification that she was just trying to go ashore. Unfortunately, to charge Wagner in this case, they would have to prove that this was murder. Manslaughter has a statute of limitation, so even if they did find out that he did it, but he could prove that it was accidental, um, likely nothing would happen because the statute of limitations has expired on her death. Um, So again, Lana Wood and uh, the host of this podcast, Dylan Howard, both say that the coat and the fact that he put the coat on her is going to be the only, is the key factor to showing that it was a premeditated murder. 
mm-hmm. with a with a cover up. Um, with Wagner unwilling to talk and Natalie Wood's own daughter, Natasha, claiming her stepfather's innocence, it is unlikely this case will ever get the resolution it deserves. And that is the strange death of Natalie Wood. I, I, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. So I watched, I don't know if you watched the newest documentary. No, the one Natasha made? No, I didn't. So Natasha I watched the trailer. Recently made a documentary that came out on mm-hmm. HBO in May, and she's also releasing a memoir about her mm-hmm. mother. And this is the only instance Robert Wagner has agreed to be interviewed about the case. Yeah. He has denied it for every other biographer. Yeah. Um, and they, like, hate Lana. So I I just, like, I'm stuck on this case because it's unsolvable and because their family is clearly, like, feuding over it when it's, like, nothing can be done. Yeah, and it's just so suspicious how Robert – picked and chose which members of Natalie's family got to stay in his life following her death. And I think it's very clear that the people that got to stay were the ones he could easily manipulate. manipulate. Natasha was 11 when this happened. You know, Courtney was five, nine. I I forget the age difference between them. I think she was like, I don't know, maybe she was seven, somewhere in there. But it's so easy to manipulate children. And, you know, Lana has said that she can't blame Natasha at the moment for not for not being suspicious of her stepfather because Lana, because Natasha had just lost her mother. So of course she like wants to keep her father figure too. But after all this time, it's so manipulative. Jane can't get her microphone to work. I forgot about the coat thing. I like remember he goes into like how it could have possibly been planned, but I like... Yeah, Lana thinks that he was planning on killing her Friday night, but then she went ashore with Davern, so they couldn't, so he couldn't do it, which is, like, really creepy. Rumors that, like, Dennis was, like, weird with her, but we don't know. Yeah, I have heard some people say that, like, Dennis tried to take advantage of her. In his statements for this, he was like, no, she was my friend, like, I cared about her, which it's hard to tell, you know, but he was young at the time. Not that that really makes a difference, but. She also, I forgot to say this before, she had, like, an affair with the director of Rebel Without a Cause, um, which also, not great, because he was 40, and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and her mother was like, yes, you'd have to date him, and it was, like, really creepy. She, well, no, so she. Like, Natalie fought to do Rebel Without a Cause. Her parents didn't mm-hmm. want her to because the movie is about rebellious teenagers who mm-hmm. don't listen to their parents. And so her parents <laughs> tried to fight her. So she was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to sleep with the director. And she did it. It was, like, her choosing, but obviously. Oh, I thought, I thought that was one that her mother was like, no, do it, date him. But I think, I think I'm thinking of a different person. She's, she dated so many people. And also, like, a mm-hmm. lot of couples in Hollywood at the time were, like, set up by their PR team. Yeah. Like, they were press relationships. Um, but the one yeah. with the director was Yeah, not- that was really disturbing to hear about. I was like, that's truly, like, it's so icky. creepy. So creepy. And when, so, like, when she, I think it was the second movie she was on set for. There are two, mm-hmm. like, terrible stories with her mother. The one she like needed to cry on set, so her mom literally found a butterfly, ripped up butterfly, and, and ripped it up, yeah, to make her cry. It was awful. It was. And so then awful. there was another movie set she was on where she needed to like fall off a bridge, and there was and real she water. broke her wrist. Yeah. yeah, and it was like she wore this bracelet for the rest of her life because she didn't want people to see that her wrist was like fucked up because her mom didn't let her get it fixed. Yeah, she said if they find out that you hurt your wrist, they might not let you finish making the movie. It was like, her mother was very abusive. It was really awful. Oh, that's so terrible. Yeah, this poor woman. Yeah, is there anything else you want to add, Taylor, to everything I said? I don't think so, other than, like, they touch a lot about how Natalie really wanted a family. Like, when... Mm -hmm. Robert first asked her, like, they were, they were in love when she was, when she was young, like, he waited until she was, I think, 18. Yeah, she was 18. On a date, 
and um, she like really wanted kids and also she didn't want to be an actor when she was younger but then once she started getting roles that were more like that, that she interested her yeah that she was like very set on acting and was very serious about it um, she's just a, a really cool lady and also she like went to therapy because um, she had tried to kill herself a few times um, yeah. and like tried overdosing but I don't think it was super like common then yeah to regularly go to a therapist um, mm-hmm. and like, made sure to do yeah. that. And she said, like, in a journal that she left that her sister has, that, like, her therapist, she felt her therapist was the only person that really knew her and understood her, and that her therapist was the only person that she was fully honest with in her life, which is really sad, but, um, there was something else I was gonna say. Yeah, she had, like, a very, very interesting life even before she had a very suspicious death, Mm. but, oh, what I was gonna say is that there's a moment in the podcast where, she says to Lana, who's nine years younger than her, I believe, she says, like, if you have children before me, that it will destroy me. Like, she wanted kids so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sad that she only lived to see her oldest become 11. Mm-hmm. But. And also, uh, she, like, her career lasted longer than most women in Hollywood because she was acting still, like, into her 40s, which. Like, yeah, she was 43 when she died, and she, at the time, was filming um, Brainstorm with Christopher Walken, which would be her last movie. Um, but it's true. She had a very long career. And, like, she had left the screen for a while after she remarried Robert Wagner to raise her children, and it caused him a lot of distress when she came back and she was going to be in a movie with Christopher Walken because Christopher Walken had just won an Oscar. So he was, like... Um, the biggest actor in Hollywood at the time. Mm. Um, And so the fact that she was going back to screen and doing it with a star, like Wagner, Lana says that Wagner felt very threatened by that because it would be this like great comeback that would make her even more famous. Oh, and he also was very threatened by the fact that she was very financially smart. Um, When she filmed West Side Story, they had offered her a percentage, but they thought the movie wasn't going to do well. So she said, no, pay me my salary. And then West Side Story became what it was. And so she wasn't getting royalties from that and she learned her lesson. So every movie after that, she negotiated her percentage. And so she was a millionaire many times over. That was a lot of financial power for a woman in the 70s, 60s and 70s to have, um, which Lana said also really threatened him. Like the house they lived in belongs to her. She owned it. Um, She had many properties that she owned herself. And she was very smart with her money as well. I'm getting sad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) truly. (laughs) Oh, she was such a cool woman, and she, like, really was, like, all into, like, being a working independent woman. um, Yeah. Wanting kids, and I'm very sad. It is very sad. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com. If you like what you're hearing, please consider donating to us through the link in the show notes and or leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you have something that you've been wondering, and I know you're out there, okay, our podcast is getting many streams. So I know that you're listening and I know that you're hearing this. <laughs> Email us at ivawonderingpodcast at gmail.com. Don't be a stranger. And we'll we put know it on you're the show. out there. We'd love to hear from you. We know it's weird because it's like the most recent episode isn't getting a lot, but then past episodes are getting so many. So I'm like, I know you're there. I know you're there. <laughs> so, which is exciting. So please tell us. What we you know think. we're not alone. We're not alone out there. Taylor, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to like plug your socials or like not your social security number, like your <laughs> social no, media? No, just, just text that to me privately. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am Taylor. Uh, you can find me at Tay Parade on Twitter and Instagram. And my website is www.taylorhuntsberger.com. Um. I I write things. I sometimes make videos, but that's on hold. You know, if you would like to hang out with me, just let me know. Great. That's all I got for you. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) You're the best.
Thank you so much. There is, uh, I mean, I'm passionate a lot about a lot of topics, but I'm writing a play about Natalie Wood, and that is why I have an extensive knowledge about her, because last year Mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to write a, like, horror noir version of her life and death, and so I have been extensively researching her for the past, like, year, and awesome sauce is great. All right, Jane, you know what I've been wondering? <laughs> what have you been wondering, Sarah? This is a Taylor suggestion, so I'm taking it. Uh, I've been wondering about lantern flies. I'm asking you before you ask me because I'm terrified of Googling bugs. So, okay. <laughs> dibs. <laughs> dibs on asking you. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. That's great. Okay, I look yeah. forward to looking them up. I, uh, yeah. I'll t- Taylor, I'll talk to you about if there's anything specific about that. They're in wanna... species of Pennsylvania. So Vera. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I've been wondering? <laughs> what have you been wondering? Who is Sally Hemings and what did she do? Okay, but you actually know who she is, right? Her name sounds familiar. She's <laughs> spoiler alert I told Jane that I want to talk about this <laughs> and it's my birthday so I get what I want um Sally Hemings was the woman was one of George Je- uh, Thomas Jefferson's slaves oh yes 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 I know about her but she lived a truly crazy life and we should talk about it mm-hmm. so, that I'm <laughs> <laughs> sneak peek i was reading about it today and i was very excited that the website i was reading about refused to name thomas jefferson they just referred to Ooh. him as like her like owner the sl- no the like slave the owner. slaver yeah like her abuser stuff like that and i was like i love this language it's great <laughs> um so i'm gonna borrow that all right cool that's what's coming at you next week thank you so much for listening this is you know what i've been wondering <laughs>